Hello, thank you for clicking on to In The Stand. So it's another daily roundup, less of uh, the games because there wasn't on today, but uh, plenty of transfer rumours and all of that information. So Harry, transfer rumours, what should people listen out for? Well, we talk quite a lot about Timo Werner and the impact that he could have at Chelsea and why he didn't go to Liverpool. Yeah, and uh, Michael, we covered contract sagas, not just transfers, but contract sagas. Anything that, yeah, contract-wise, people should be noted of? You've got the uh, contracts to do with Ryan Fraser and David Luiz and also a little bit on uh, Pierre Hoiberg as well. Yeah, so keep an eye out for that. And uh, finally, we also covered, as there was no games today, we covered the weekend ahead of all the ones you should look out for and any of the interesting ones, as well as uh, championship coverage as well of uh, games and possibilities that could happen there as well, as also the championship starts over the weekend. So plenty to look out for on this one. Hope you enjoy it. And uh, yeah, we'll see what past us had to say. Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome back to In The Stands again. We're going to do another daily roundup of football. No football today, but plenty has happened. So we can still talk about it, can't we? Uh, it's me, Ollie, but I'm still here with my co-host. Still here with Harry. How are you doing, Harry? I'm doing good, thanks. I hope you're doing well as well. Oh, thanks, man. Mikey, how are you doing, mate? You good? Yeah, not too bad. Not too awesome, bad. awesome, awesome. So what do we want to talk about today? What's the first thing? I think the big news is transfers, isn't it? Timo it Werner to Chelsea. There's been a big transfer. Uh, 24-year-old yeah. Timo Werner signed for Chelsea on a five-year deal. Yeah. Uh, they activated his £45 million release clause and he's on his way to Stamford Bridge. That's still... Like, I still don't know. Like He has been amazing for... Um, is it, it's, uh, is it, yeah, it is Leipzig, wasn't it? I was going to say the other one, Leipzig, but no, it is yeah. Leipzig. But he, yeah, £45 million is a steal for a player that's putting up those amount of stats that, that he had, wasn't it? Like a prolific goal scorer, and uh, to get him for forty-five million deal, that's incredible bit of business, isn't it? Mm. Uh, it's ninety-three goals in one hundred and fifty-seven appearances. Wow. He's he's uh, yeah. he's probably one of the top marksmen in Europe, and he's uh, in the Bundesliga. He's only behind Lewandowski uh, mm. in the top goal scorer rankings. He was linked with Liverpool, wasn't he? Uh, yeah. In January, so I got yeah. quite far down the line, but they didn't go for it. Yeah, it's crazy. And why do you think he did choose Chelsea? Because I'm sure there would have been plenty of other teams in for him. What do you think particularly Chelsea attracted him to go there, do you think? I mean, the potential to start, I think, yeah. is probably... The th- I think that's the thing that he would have turned him away from Liverpool, is mm. the fact that you've got one of the best front three in Europe. I mean, it's a Champions League winning front three. It's going to be very difficult to break your way into uh, that starting eleven, while Chelsea, you look at their strikers. You've got an ageing Olivier Giroud, Michy Batshuayi, who never seems to be given a chance there, um, and Tammy Abraham, who's slowly making his way into the. Um, uh, he's slowly getting into the England setup now. So, yeah, mm-hmm. if, if those two can form a partnership up front, I think that'll be one of the scariest front twos in the Premier League. Yeah, it, it really does worry me how good. So I, I, I was, uh, you know, I was looking at it as thinking this could just propel Chelsea. And I know they Chelsea have had a history of questionable striker purchases, but this one seems like by far the best piece of business they've done in a long time. Um, activating a release clause, which is a pretty fair, you know, for a, a goal scorer like him to get him for forty-five million is an absolute steal. And uh, the fact that they've uh, convinced him to join I think is a, a very good piece of business what do you think what sort of impact do you reckon he will have at Chelsea Tiz? 
Well, he's going to take the role of Tammy Abraham. That's that's almost a sure when you're spending forty five million pound on the player. Unless Tammy Abraham has a phenomenal end of the season, he's going to do that. But I think it's because they've they've lacked. Uh, prolific goal scorer like you mm. said I think they've not had that in years to be honest with you it's not since Diego Costa they had a striker that can just bang in goals left right and centre so I think that's that's a big reason I think I heard some, someone say Abramovich found life pretty boring when he wasn't investing hundreds upon hundreds of millions into football because so I don't think he did it for the last by the last season on the season I can't remember because he did spend 70 million on Kepa and before the next transfer even starts, he's got Ziyech almost go, well, guaranteed to join. He's got Werner guaranteed to join. Chilwell's, yeah. they've been heavily linked with. And Havertz almost seems like he wants to go to Chelsea as well. So mm. are they building a squad that not only can compete on the Champions League front, but possibly a Premier League winning squad? Yeah, that, that's what I'm good. If they land four out of four for those, where would you see them? Not, not the end of this season, but obviously next season. Where do you think they could try and compete for because if they, they've got a world-class striker in they've got a solid left back which they've needed for a while um uh who's the other one ziech is coming in so who's another mm. a winger and uh who's the other one they're targeted with i think they're targeted with Havertz as well and they that's been yeah. rumored as well yeah. if all four of those come in where could you see chelsea going you know what, what would they be aiming for and what could they realistically be achieving with that team oh this is going to sound stupid third I, I I don't think those signings will get him close to Liverpool City. I I think they'll still be a step ahead. They'll be closer. Mm, I'm definitely. sure probably three four years time when you get the development of these players. And I mean Ziyech is going to be in his prime three years into the future. Havertz is going to start getting into there as well. Mm. I think then that will be challenging with a couple more signings. But I I City and Liverpool just seem to be a step above what everyone else can do and I think this is what I, I think United will probably be closer if they can land a couple of signings this summer I think United will be closer than Chelsea It's a really interesting one and I think we will see such a, a top four battle because I think the rest of the teams realise how far off they really are from the top two so mm. I think they will definitely try and get some of those points shared and I know Man United take, took a couple of uh, City um, but we, I think would you be more excited in that way to see the the points more evenly distributed or would you rather just see two absolute class teams running away with the league? I'd be well, concerned. You... So I'd be concerned for Liverpool because what they although they're obviously going to win a record breaking Premier League this season, what they haven't done last year and really this year either, they've not improved their squads. And I think when when you're at your strongest, that's when you need to improve. And I think that's what Liverpool need to do. Otherwise, I, I know it sounds ridiculous because they're going to have a record-breaking season. But I don't. They might fall off if they don't improve on what already is a stacked squad. Because when you're, if you're record-breaking, you're comfortable. You're comfortable because you think you're the best because you are the best. And that's when you're. That's when your your weakness. When Chelsea are already having a ridiculous attacking line especially now with Werner and now they're trying to bring in Havertz when they don't really need Havertz they probably need mm. to strengthen in other areas and I think that's what Abramovich has sort of seen in the fact that he wants Chelsea to win another Premier League title quite obviously yeah. so he's just piling in the money left right and centre especially now that Willian's probably going to go Hedro's not going to play for the rest of the season because he's going to be off to Roma they, they feel the gaps that they sort of need to and more yeah, and who do you, what what sort of teams do you reckon are going to be left behind when it's clear Man United and Chelsea are both Arsenal strengthening? And Tottenham. 
Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Be isn't absolutely it? miles behind. Yeah. Yeah. I think with with oh. Spurs, Spurs have had money troubles. Now that they've got their new stadium as well, they're not mm. going to be able to spend the amount that they could have spent. Uh, and I mean Daniel Levy as well. He's known for not spending a lot too. So he's going to Tottenham are going to be more of a development side than they are going to be. Um, pushing for those top four places, I think maybe three, four years into the future, maybe, but uh, next season definitely not. And then Arsenal are just a little bit of a mess right now. Mm. Um, you can you can see players there that do have a future, and the, the academy graduates coming through at the moment, they do look really quite good. good, you know, with yeah, uh, Bukayo Saka and uh, Eddie Nketiah and many more. Um, it, it, it just those two aren't going to be as close or probably anywhere near. And I think going going on the point of like it being will be more exciting a top two or four teams going for it. I think we're just going to see the return of a top four for mm. the next couple of seasons and like four teams going for it. And I think that will make the league so much more exciting. Yeah, because you instead of just having Liverpool and City battling it out, that just means every other fixture is that much more important. Because yeah. if you slip up on one, that could be like it sounds ridiculous. If you slip up on three games, you could lose the league title. That's mm. how strong these teams are getting now. I think City so have hit 100 that, points. Mm. Liverpool are definitely going to hit 100 points this year, probably. So, I mean, they're going to lose twice or like <laughs> once or twice this season. So. Yeah. In in that sort of way, is it going to be more exciting to have the league winners finish on less points? Because if they're going to all be beating each other, that's going to make for an even more entertaining. Because I, I know everyone says, "Oh, every, every team can beat every team," but we sort of seen with Liverpool that's not the case. Even Manchester City, they've still got ridiculous points tally. Just yet, it's due to the fact that Liverpool are so good that they're going to fall off. And with with the thing about Arsenal, I was saying it on a, on a different podcast about five hours ago, the fact that they need to go back before they can go forward. The season that Leicester won the league and Saints came fifth or sixth, I can't remember. Chelsea came behind us, uh, sorry, Southampton. Liverpool came eighth or ninth. But then look at Liverpool now, they're, the, they're sort of league winners. Well, they, mm. They're going to be league winners. So for them, they've just got to have a massive squad rebuild because by the time this whole rebuild happens, Lacazette's going to be 33, Aubameyang's going to be 34. I think they just need to cash in and all their key assets and just build for the future, really, because I can't see them finishing in the top six, not even next season, to be honest with you. Yeah. It seems... Um, and Spurs look like they're just going for players who are running on... Uh, you know they're running their contracts down and they look like they want to um, just sign players on free I think we mentioned it earlier there was a Thiago Silva like link because mm. he's 36 and being released from PSG and uh, it looks like Hoiberg's been stripped of the captaincy at Southampton which shows probably an indication that he's on the move so that's another one that Spurs are linked with and uh, I believe Fraser as well looks like he's going to be leaving is that right Mike? Yes, uh, Ryan Fraser was offered an extension only to the um, only to the end of the nine games. He was offered an extension to stay along, and he said no. Really? Uh, yeah. So I mean, there were five players from Bournemouth that were offered extensions. Simon Francis, Arthur Borak, Andrew Sermon, and Charlie Daniels all accepted the extensions. Mm-hmm. Ryan Fraser did not, and it's just that feels like a little bit of a. Um, uh, just sort of like a behind their backs sort of they're in a relegation mm. battle they need their best players and Ryan Fraser's mm. walking out on them yeah. uh, it just, it's a little bit 
backstabbing, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it, it seems strange, doesn't it? And I don't really know, because he had a very good season with uh, Wilson the year before, but this year, as Bournemouth have kind of been dragged into the relegation battle, we haven't really seen as much of his quality and uh, players like Brooks have come through and shown more of a um, an interest to the top teams than probably Fraser has. Where do you think his next move is? Is it still in the Premier League? Is there any big teams you could see going for him? Well, this is the, at the end of last season, so you got seven goals and 14 assists last season. He was probably mm. playing at the peak that he's ever played at. And yeah. there were links to Chelsea, Arsenal and Spurs, I think. And mm. Bournemouth refused to sell. And this year, in 28 games, he's got one goal and four assists. And yeah. like that has the interest has cooled, definitely. And the, the main link is to Everton. Um, who who want him on a free transfer, but uh, yeah, it, there's no. I don't think he'll move to a top six club. Um, I think it came out this morning that Arsenal were offered him and they said no. Mm. So uh, I I don't know what where yeah. he's going to end up. To be fair, yeah, I think it's sort of the the Sadio Berahino effect and the sort of you saw it at West Brom where he was linked with a lot of top sides. West Brom sides to keep him. He stayed the next season, had a bit of a drop. His form declined, and I think Barahinos didn't really play. And then he went to Stoke for 15 million or something, something like that. Yeah, I think it's the sort of same thing with Ryan Fraser. He's been linked to all the top teams, thinks he's all that. Bournemouth say, no, you've got a contract here. We'll release you on a free, that's fine. We just want you for one more season. He's playing the teddies out at the end of the season, despite the fact he's got, like, like you said, almost no goals and no assists compared to last season. And now Everton. Everton are a good side. They're an improvement on Bournemouth. They're nowhere near the team that you know he feels like he's good enough at. Well, actually, if you get the stats that you were last season, then you'd be playing for those sorts of teams. But it's just sort of a. It feels like he had a bit of a Michu-esque season last year, where mm. he put all of his goals and assists into one season, and the season before and after, he didn't really do anything. Yeah. Mm. You, you you were on uh, Berahino there, which reminded me of uh, West Brom. Correct me if I'm wrong, isn't the uh, the championship coming back this weekend as well? It is indeed on the 20th, yeah, the Saturday when there's going to be there's going to be quite a few games. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, we can start with the championship and then move up. Harry, you're quite familiar with the championship. Any things we should be looking out for as the championship returns? We've got Brentford v Fulham. That's a big game, third v fourth. Uh, Fulham have to win if they want really any chance of finishing in the top two. So I think West Brom are six points and leads are seven points clear of third. So if, if Brentford win, they'll be on 63 points. So they'll still be, um, they'll be eight points behind West Brom. Sorry, seven points behind West Brom, eight points behind Leeds, no matter what happens. Mm. But for me, you know, this is going to be Leeds season. This is going to be Leeds season to go up because surely with 11 games left, Normally they boss list or boss it at this stage. The fact that it's sort of the end of season timeless, but actually they've had another pre-season, and because yeah. they're normally good at the start of seasons, for them this is going to be the start of a, a new season, despite the fact it's still the old season. Yeah. So can you see any tripping up points for Leeds, or is it you know because I'm just looking at them now and they won all of their last five games. I know that was before, but clearly on brilliant form before the break. West Brom, uh, one point behind, but is there? Is it basically Leeds to win now, or has West Brom still got a really good chance to try and top them? Look, it's the Championship. Everything can happen. Every team beats every team. You saw West, you saw Aston Villa last season. 
12 games remaining. I think they won all of them or all but a couple went from mid-table to playoffs, won the playoffs and now in the Premier League. So still really anything can happen, even the relegation sort of area. I think Hull and Charleston are playing against each other and they're in that 20 th- uh, 22nd, 21st spot. I think Charleston mm. are just, sorry, Hull are just outside, Charlton are just inside. So it's sort of, anything can happen in the championship. And I think it'll be three or four games where you can really tell who's who's had a good pre-season or pre-mid-season and who's not. Yeah. It really surprised me. If you look like 10th uh, downwards, 10th to 22nd, all of those teams have been in the Premier League in the past decade mm. or so. I mean, Sheffield yeah. Wednesday, maybe not, but look like Blackburn, Swansea, Derby, Reading, uh, QPR, Birmingham, Stoke, Huddersfield. Like these teams are teams that have played in the Premier League and they've dropped down and it's obviously a massive effect of them. Um, yeah. And it just, it just shows the importance of staying up and how important like, being yeah. a Premier League club is and keeping that, keeping that spot. Because otherwise, you can find yourself fighting in a relegation battle. Of course, Wigan's been down, Blackburn's been down to League One as well. So it's not always easy coming back up. And that is just the championship. You've got no idea. Mm. That's what makes it probably more exciting than the Premier League. Because even at the start of the season, you've got no idea. Millwall's in eighth. Millwall could get a playoff Mm. space this year. And they were predicted to come down near the bottom three. So it is such an incredible, exciting league. And you just don't have a clue how you're going to do. What you say about Millwall, they're close to the playoffs. Is there any teams you'd like to see progress through the playoffs or, you know, the top two there? Is there any teams you would like to see up in the Premier League? Derby for for me. Yeah, for Forest and Derby. To be fair, Derby are 12, they're only five points off and Philip Koku's got them playing a a much better, or not a better style because they did have Frank Lampard before, but he's got them playing a nice sort of brand of football. They've got great youngsters coming through, just like Max Bird and Lewis Sibley. And due to the fact they've sort of had this three months to sort of get this system working because at the start of the season they didn't have a great start and they slowly built through. They could probably get playoffs and say, say with Knott's Forest, they're in a phenomenal position and that, that'll be another team, another good team to see up there. Yeah, I'd love to see Forest up. I, I don't know what it is, but I'd definitely like to see, if I could go and see Forest, that would be definitely something I'd like to do. So I would really like to see them back, uh, back in the Premier League. But yeah, like you said, um, Derby looking good as well. Mike, any that you'd like to see personally up? Uh, Forest would be one. I'd like to see Fulham back up as well. I, I do yeah. like Fulham as a side, so I'd like to see him back up too. West Brom can bottle it. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, well, that's championship. Let's resume. Well, as the championships resuming, well, there's also the Premier League that's got plenty of uh, tasty fixtures uh, going on over the weekend. Any particular highlights of games coming up that you guys are looking forward to? Uh, you got Friday night football, uh, Spurs against United, which will yep. always be a, a tasty fixture, mm-hmm. um, especially because you've now got the likes of Harry Kane and Paul Pogba back, yeah, uh, yeah. hopefully both starting, and I'm sure that will make it interesting because they definitely, their quality definitely changes the sides. Mm-hmm. Um, with Harry Kane as a number nine and Paul Pogba in the United midfield. I think it, it changes the way that they play because they can play to the strengths of these world-class players that they've got. Mm. Is it a must-win for Spurs, would you say? If they want any chance of Champions League, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, United probably would be happier walking away with a point um, out of the two sides, but I can 
uh, that's that's what I can see. I can see a score draw from this game. I can't see either side coming out with a win. Yeah, I think it's one of those ones coming back into they don't want to risk too much, do they? Because you suddenly look at that Spurs, they come out with that with a loss and then suddenly they are way, way off the pace, aren't they? But you look, they can jump to uh, Sheffield United, you know, results pending. They could uh, leapfrog Sheffield United to sixth and suddenly try and push for it. But yeah, they like say get a loss really could set them back. So I think it's one of those ones where we might see the teams kind of happy to get a draw, but also disappointed at the same. Does that make sense? The fact that a draw wouldn't be the worst case scenario, but then again, they'd be disappointed maybe if they didn't get a win as well. So it's quite a difficult circumstance. If Tottenham lose, they're seven, they're seven points behind Manchester yeah. United if they lose. So that's, that's Champions League completely out the window knowing that Chelsea are already seven points in front of them. If Chelsea beats... Uh, Aston Villa which they probably should do I know it's at Villa Park but which they probably should do you know that's probably Tottenham out of it and that's probably Mourinho's Mourinho's still on thin ice there because he was brought in to win something and he's been knocked out of the FA Cup he's not gonna it doesn't look like he's gonna get Champions League football Mm. so maybe maybe next season is the, the sort of the clean slate sort of season rather than rather than the back end of this one yeah possibly possibly um, anything else to any other kind of games to have a look at or any other mentions Merseyside derby oh yeah of course yeah yeah that's coming up the big one yeah obviously Liverpool can't win the league but do you think that would change their man- mentality nope they're, they're, they're just so well drilled to try and uh, win those games now aren't they and I think if they can't do it this one they'll do it the next one and it's almost like they're almost like yep yeah, we'll win this one and then we'll go and win the title I think at this point I don't know the record between Everton and Liverpool derbies, but I, I think Liverpool are quite high up, aren't they? Is that safe in saying so? Can anyone oh, yeah. find the stat? Liverpool have only, sorry, Everton have only won twice at Anfield in the whole of the Premier League era. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. So they're not they're not well drilled in winning. I, th- I know it's at Goodison Park. But, yeah. you know, Everton, they wouldn't have wanted it to be won at Goodison Park. But do you think they're sort of disappointed now that they can't, deny their rivals what they've always wanted to do in win at Goodison no no because <laughs> I think Liverpool will still beat them uh, they, it, it sort of saved them from having that happen to them in the last mm. time that Everton won was in 2010 it's the last time that they beat Liverpool so it's been a long it's been a long time and I, I think they'd love to win it especially this year being the year that they'll probably win the title um, I think they'd love to beat them this year, but I can just see Liverpool battering them. I mean, I had Everton to beat them, um, but now the title's not up for grabs. I, I can't see it happening. Hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, it'd be definitely interesting to see that one. Um, any other kind of final games that you guys are interested to have a look at and see what's coming up? We've also got Brighton Arsenal, so that could be a slippery one for Arsenal because yeah. Brighton haven't won this year, but obviously a clean slate and the fact that they don't have David Moyes might mm. help Brighton. We never uh, know. Mikey, who could replace David Moyes in that back line? So this is the thing, like they've got a lot of injuries as well. So Callum Chambers is out um, until the end of August. Uh, Mari obviously got um, taken off with an Achilles injuries. Socrates hurt himself and we don't know how. I don't know how long he's out for, but it was just before the City game that it happened. So you're looking at Rob Holding uh, is probably the man to come in. He's made two appearances this year. He's uh, not 
not he was supposed to be like one of the next big things, wasn't he? Coming through, mm. um, going through. Well, he was at Bolton. He moved to Arsenal and never really got given the chance. And you got two Arsenal Academy graduates as well, and Zach Medley and Daniel Ballard, who have been mentioned on Twitter of the uh, two that could step up. A lot of people saying Zach Medley, he's, he's uh, he captained the under eighteen side to a league to a title in the under eighteen league. He's played multiple games in the second uh, league as well in the uh, Premier League under twenty threes. Um, so yeah, it it um he, he could be an interesting one to step up to see him play, but they don't have a lot of options. And this is the problem with the Davidoy's contract situation happening now. Do you extend his contract from the two the two weeks that he's got left? Do you extend his contract? But of course, he's missing the two games because mm. he's suspended. I think just squad depth-wise, not in terms of the next two games, but the problem is you talk about all these injuries. Cam Chambers is an injury. Obviously, he's out for a long time. Rob Holdings got a, always seems to have an injury to him. So not due to his quality, but due to the fact that they need squad depth and experience and despite the fact that David Luiz hasn't been playing phenomenally well this season, I'd still keep him on, especially because he wants to say, because he, he'd want to prove something. He doesn't want to leave Arsenal off the back of a red card in, uh, in 25 minutes against Manchester City. I know people say that he's mistake prone, but the fact is that he's still, he's still a good centre-back. It's just he's been plastered with such, such an attribute that the sort of people expected that performance from him that, that might be slightly unfair but yeah I'd, I'd probably extend it just the end of the season I wouldn't I probably wouldn't give him a one year deal because they've got William Saliba coming through who despite the fact he's in league and has got better statistics I think he's got high, higher tackles per game higher interceptions per game than David Luiz and he's someone that can slot straight in there it'd just be interesting to see starting next season who he partners up with He's also on that European Golden Boy list as well, is William Saliba, so he could be a one to look out for. But it was interesting after the game, when David Luiz gave an interview, he mentioned that Arteta wants him to stay. The coach mm. wants him to stay. So he believes that Arteta wants him. Apparently they have talked about it. Um, this year, I mean, of course, the performance last night wasn't fantastic. And then he's conceded four penalties this season, which is the joint most ever in a Premier League season, joint to Jose Fonte. Um, mm. two, two errors leading to goals as well this season. And he's only kept six clean sheets in 26 appearances, which yeah. is quite poor. But then you look at how young the Arsenal side is and the experience that he brings. He's won a Premier League, he's won FA Cups, won a Champions League, won multiple trophies at PSG as well. So he's got the experience there and he obviously does have the quality. It's just sometimes lacks the concentration and the um, in vital moments I think yeah. that's the problem with David Luiz very true oh very true any other kind of highlights I saw that uh, Eric Garcia is out of hospital which looks very good news considering how um, serious it looked Bad. he was carried off in a yeah, neck brace and uh, stretcher so it did look very serious but to see he's out of um, hospital and he's going to be monitored by uh, Man City to see whether he's ready to play again he'll probably take uh, I don't think he'll be ready by Monday, but it is still very good news to see he's all uh, good and well, which is uh, good news to uh, kind of finish it on. But yeah, is there any other kind of final thoughts that you guys have when we look ahead to obviously tomorrow and the weekend of football back? Any other kind of final things you can think of? 
No, I think, I think we've covered all, <laughs> yeah. all the key games. All the key games, I think. I yeah. think we've covered. It'll be interesting to see how mm. they're played out. And of course, we'll be back for tomorrow to summarise what happened on the uh, Friday. So, hope you enjoy the football while you're watching it along, and make sure you tune in for the next days while we uh, cover and round up everything that was covered. So, yeah, we'll see you. Uh, we'll see you then. Hope you stay well, and yeah, see you next time.